You're listening to the Sheep Spot Podcast, a show for hand spinners about making yarns we love. Hello there, my darling sheep spotters. Welcome to episode 70 of the Sheep Spot Podcast. I'm Sasha from Sheepspot.com, where we are laser focused on helping you make yarns you love with beautiful fibers and top-notch instruction. So, have you ever heard of sheep that survive on seaweed? Believe it or not, there are such sheep, and I'm going to tell you all about them today. As I've been writing this podcast, it's been hard to decide exactly when this story started. In some ways, it started 6,000 years ago when Neolithic peoples began moving the ancestors of the sheep we now know as the Northern European short-tail breeds, I talked about them last week, around Northern Europe. These ancient breeds of sheep, which are found across the Northern UK, Scandinavia, and the Baltics, are small, independent, and extremely well adapted to the harsh climates in which they're found. Some of these ancient sheep found their way to North Ronaldsey, the northernmost island in the Orkney Archipelago, which is north of Scotland, it's in the North Sea. And thrifty and adaptable as these sheep were, they made seaweed part of their diet. Not their whole diet, but they made seaweed part of their diet. And we know this based on scientific analysis of a sheep's tooth from about 6,000 years ago, which contained elements only found in marine plants. So the sheep on North Ronaldsey were eating some seaweed along with some other things. Now, there's a lot of seaweed on North Ronaldsey, and in some ways the story of North Ronaldsey and of North Ronaldsey sheep is a story about seaweed, believe it or not. So um, there's so much seaweed, in fact, that some of the humans on North Ronaldsey began in the 18th century to uh, har- actually harvest the kelp, and which was then burned to produce potash, which is used in the making of soap and dyes and glass, and we now use it as a fertilizer. At that time, England was rapidly industrializing. It's the 18th century, and it needed a lot of potash, most of which it got from Spain and North America. Then, from about 1850 to 1830, the American Revolution happened, and the War of 1812 happened, and the Napoleonic Wars happened, and England was involved in all of it. And those wars disrupted the flow of potash into England. So there was a shortage. And as a result, there was a massive boom in kelp. And North Ronaldsey, along with the rest of Orkney, benefited. And during those years, the years of the kelp boom in Orkney, uh, the population of North Ronaldsey actually doubled Um, almost doubled. And according to the website of the Orkney Sheep Foundation, every one possible 
I'm quoting, everyone possible was deployed on the task of harvesting seaweed and making kelp. And I will say you guys have got to check out the website of the Orkney Sheep Foundation. I'm going to link to it in the show notes, but it is fantastic. And it is just so much information about the sheep, about the island. Um, It's just a brilliant piece of um, the internet. So go see it. So when the wars ended, um, in 19, sorry, in 1830, England lifted the tariff that it had on Spanish potash. And overnight, pretty much, the Orkney kelp industry completely collapsed. And so there are now about 520 people living on this tiny little island in the North Sea. And there's, they have no way to make a living. So there was a laird. If you watch Outlander, you know what a laird is. It's a, that's the Spanish, sorry, the Scottish word for the Spanish, the Scottish word for Lord. So there was a laird of North Ronaldsey. His name was John Trail at the time. And he proposed a radical new solution to how the people of North Ronaldsey were going to make their living and get their basically get their subsistence. Um, and that was agriculture. And he said, okay, let's use all these people that we have here now on the island to kind of clear the interior of the island for agriculture and get that all set up. And also to build a massive dry stone dike around the entire perimeter of the island, 13 miles, to protect their newly cultivated land and crops from the sheep. You knew I was getting back to sheep eventually, didn't you? So the North Ronaldsey Sheep Dyke is thought to be the largest dry stone construction project ever attempted. Um, So basically, the calculation was the people of North Ronaldsey knew that the sheep were already eating seaweed. So because they were basically facing imminent starvation, they decided that they were willing to gamble that the sheep could um, adapt to an all seaweed diet if they were confined to the island's foreshore. So just really the beaches, um, the, and North Ronaldsey apparently has two kinds of beaches. There are sand beaches and there are, um, rockier beaches. And so the, the North Ronaldsey sheep were all sort of on the exterior of the island. Cultivated land was in the interior. And, so they took this gamble and it paid off. The sheep did, in fact, adapt to an all seaweed diet. They actually, um, these sheep have been shown to have special digestive enzymes that enable them to digest the seaweed and to convert it into glucose. And um, their population on the island I think has been pretty stable uh, at around 2,000 animals since then. And there is a North Ronaldsey sheep court. And yes, I did just say sheep court, 
which um, is comprised of the residents of North Ronaldsey and and uh, its job is to sort of oversee the care and maintenance of these sheep. So it gathers them together several times a year, um, and it gathers them in these th- these um, these structures called puns, P-U-N-D-S, um, which were actually built when the dike was built, and they are also built of stone. So they're, the sheep are all kind of herded into these spaces, these puns, and um, they do that several times a year to count them and cheer them and, you know, give them any veterinary attention that they might need. And there was some concern in the 19, I believe this was in the 1980s, that as the North Sea oil industry was um, coming into being, that the sheep were potentially endangered by an oil spill. And so the Rare Breeds Survival Trust, which is the UK organization, charitable organization that promotes um, the preservation of rare livestock breeds, the Rare Breeds Survival Trust actually moved um, some of the sheep off island. They require special care when they're taken off the island because they their systems, because of the their diet, their systems have become kind of hyper- absorptive of um, copper. So they can very easily get copper poisoning. Um, But with some care uh, and special supplements, they can adapt over a couple of generations to living on the things that sheep normally live on. Um, So I've said that the population of North Ronald Z has been stable, um, but now these sheep are actually endangered by a new threat. And that is the fact that because of climate change, storms in the North Sea have been getting bigger. And the sheep dike has been very severely damaged, really just taken down to kind of rubble in uh, 2012 and 2013, um, because of storms. And at this point, there is a tiny and aging human population on the island. There are only about 60 people living there now, and they are no longer able to maintain 15, 13 miles of dry stone uh, sheep dike by themselves. <clears throat> so, and without the dike intact, there's the chance that the sheep on the foreshore, the sheep that we're concerned with here, the ones that are known as North Ronaldsy sheep, there's concern that they might um, actually get into the interior of the island and interbreed with other kinds of sheep that are being kept there, which would obviously disrupt the purity of the North Ronaldsy sheep as a kind of breed. So enter the Orkney Sheep Foundation. I love them so much. I think I'm going to send them a donation. You should too. Um, They were founded in 2015, quote, with the objective of securing the future of the native seaweed-eating sheep on the foreshore of North Ronaldsey, end quote. And they are trying to raise outside funds and government funds to repair the dike. They also uh, sponsor an annual North Ronaldsey Sheep Festival, in which visitors from off the island go to the island for two weeks to help repair and maintain the sheep dike. So I've talked before on the podcast, check out episode 28, if you haven't heard it, 
about the importance of rare sheep breeds in ensuring the future of all sheep, as well as about the um, the very special qualities that we can find in the wools of these rare sheep, these endangered sheep. And Deb Robeson always says that in order to um, we need to preserve these animals and the wool that they give us in order to preserve our ability as spinners to really um, sort of realize our craft to the fullest. Um, so, and North Ronaldsey wool is very special indeed. They have, these sheep have a very fine undercoat, um, which is peppered with these long guard hairs, which I talked about last week, that wick moisture away from the bodies of the sheep and help keep them warm in this very unforgiving climate. There's some kemp in the fleeces, but not very much. Um, and basically spinning North Ronaldsey is the closest any of us are ever going to come to spinning 6,000-year-old Neolithic sheep wool. Um there's now, fortunately, a very small fiber mill on North Ronaldsey. I will link to it in the show notes. They process the wool into undyed yarns and roving and felt. And I will link to them. Uh, I just said that. I just said I was going to link to them in the show notes. And indeed, I am going to link to them in the show notes. They ship worldwide. And I really encourage you to check them out. If you would prefer your North Ronaldsey dyed, I have some in my shop, uh, not a lot, and it's uh, in limited supply, um, but I do have some. And based on my experience spinning the roving, uh, if you do decide to get some of this wool yourself, my best advice on spinning it would be to really just, you know, kind of relax and go with the flow and let the wool be what it wants to be. So like most machine processed rovings of multi-coated wools, this roving contains all the different fibers that are found in the fleece. So the wool, the hair, and that little bit of camp that I mentioned. Um, but it's a very nicely made roving. It's a very thin pencil roving. And it is quite open. It's easy to draft. But if you are trying to spin a perfectly smooth worsted yarn with this preparation, you're going to be frustrated. So um, I would advise that you just sort of relax and um, make the resulting wonderfully rustic yarn and just enjoy it and enjoy celebrating these remarkable animals. Um, you can actually very easily pluck out the longer guard hairs as you spin if if that's something that you choose to do. And you, if you did that, you would end up with a very fine yarn indeed. And I mean fine in, the, in terms of softness, not in terms of fine as in good. Um, so I hope that you've enjoyed this story about these remarkable sheep from these this remarkable place and that it inspires you to seek out some of their wool and to support those who are trying to secure their future. So if you'd like to chat with other listeners about these and uh, other things woolly, you can do so in the Sheepspot community Facebook group. You will find a link in the show notes. That is it for me, my darlings, this week. I will be back next week with another episode 
And while you're waiting, you might just go spin something. All right, guys, I'll see you soon. Bye bye. <music>